Welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where we go outside the big show. And those of you that may be discovering us through the podcast, we actually host a, a weekly show, Monday through Friday, that, uh, that goes on for uh, five full hours. Uh, Monday through Friday, you can find all the details at Rick and Bubba, spell out the word and.com. But these conversations, uh, you know, we, we cover it all. And Bubba, today, you know, when you think of, of Rick and Bubba, you probably think about beauty pageants, and uh, and you think about uh, you know that we we've you know we have interviewed I mean Miss Americas on our show before yes and yeah. uh, you know we we've uh, the, a lot we of, bumped into Miss Universe one time yes we did accidentally that was awkward for her and 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 uh, and surprising to us <laughs> so uh, but you know it's also uh, during the month uh, of of May if you're watching this that's when we're recording this is ALS Awareness Month. So we're, we kind of have both of those coming together today. And our guest, uh, Emma Terry. Uh, Emma Terry is uh, currently uh, Miss UAB. That's the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And she's going to be competing uh, in Miss Alabama coming up in June. So welcome to Rick and Bubba University, Emma Terry. Thank you so much for having me. Should we? How do we call you? What is your title? Should we call you my Miss title, UAB? My or? title is Miss UAB. But you can just call me Emma. All my friends do. <laughs> okay. So I noticed that you have the 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 crown on, but the the real name for that is what tiara. It's crown. Is it kind of crown? It is crown? crown. That is the technical term for okay. this piece. Okay. And do you? I mean, one of the things I would think right out of the gate, having to balance it on your head, is that difficult? The difficult part is putting it on and okay. getting it to stay. Okay. That I don't know if you can see. I have all of these pins in it. Oh, yeah. You got a little lattice work in yes, there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So just having to stick those pins in there and getting it just right, that's the hard part with the crown. But after that, it's pretty good. Once I get them, you know, stuck in my head, yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, and, and how well, many you times? wear it well. Yeah, you do. Thank you. you. Do. So let's talk about um, your 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 life. Let's, let's get that first. Let's go back. When did Emma uh, decide that, that you, you felt uh, the desire uh, to to compete in these beauty pageants. We had a family friend approach us and told me that you should compete in Miss Alabama's Outstanding Teen. At the time, it was Miss Alabama's Outstanding Teen. Now it's just Miss Alabama's Teen. It's the teen version of Miss Alabama. And I thought to myself, me in this big competition? Because it's no longer a pageant. It's a competition now. So I thought, I don't know about me doing it. I don't know if I've got the right skills or the know-how to do it. But then I started looking into it and looked into the opportunities that it presents to you and really the scholarship dollars that you can earn are second to none. Miss America is the number one provider of scholarships to young women, I believe, in the world. So when I realized that it was going to be a great opportunity for me, not just to further my education, but also to gain some really good interpersonal skills and just have some personal growth, that's when I decided to compete in it. So what are you studying now at UAB? Accounting and finance. And I have plans to attend law school. Okay. I want to work in corporate law as a public finance attorney. And I'm going to try to get my CPA before I go to law school. Is okay. that all? I'm going to try to fit in a few more things in between there. You know, maybe continue to compete in Miss Alabama. Who knows? Yeah. Well, so that is very impressive. So thank you. You, you know, you were talking about that, but you did win uh, Miss Alabama Teen for 2021, right? 
My journey to yeah. Miss Alabama's teen 2021 yeah. is a little unconventional, okay. per se. Okay. So COVID hit my third year. I was first runner-up my third year to Miss Alabama's teen, Marcella Blanc. Okay. And we had that year-long gap that nobody expected. And then she competed at Miss America's teen, won, and as first runner-up, it was my job to yeah. take over oh, okay. as Miss Alabama's teen. So I had the opportunity to serve as Miss Alabama's teen my freshman year at UAB. I know there's more to it, but is, is it still considered to be good form to refer to these as beauty pageants? I know it's beyond that. You mm-hmm. have to do so many other things. Is that okay to say that? You know, We, we don't want to get in trouble so many here. Things. No, you would, no yeah. you're not going to get in trouble. <clears throat> okay, right. The Miss America organization, I'm sure y'all remember when we got rid of Swimsuit a couple of years ago, yes, right? Yes, So we had that whole rebranding of Miss America 2.0, and it was no longer a pageant but a competition, okay. specifically a scholarship competition. Now, other competitions similar to Miss America can still be referred to as beauty pageants, but Miss America is very specific in saying that we are a competition because we do want people to know that it it is more than a beauty pageant. So that's why it's referred to as a competition specifically for Miss America. You talked about the scholarships that you've won being Mm -hmm. Miss UAB. Can you tell us, like, how much are you talking about in scholarships? The night I won Miss UAB, just that one night, I won $3,300 just from the Miss UAB program and competing at Miss UAB. But the Miss Alabama's teen organization, they're helping me. I was able to take... 12 course hours last summer. So I got basically an entire semester of coursework out of the way using the scholarship dollars that I earned through Miss Alabama's teen. So it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to earn those scholarship dollars, but also develop yourself and have a, just a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Miss America now has moved into more of a competition. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the right thing to call that. Right. What about the ones you're doing, making your way there? Are they more, are they competitions now too, like Miss UAB and Miss Alabama? All those are in line because they go to Miss America? Exactly. So we all fall under Miss America. So they're all known as competitions. So I competed in the Miss UAB competition. I'll be competing in the Miss Alabama competition. And that's the, the rebranding that we've done and the marketing that we're trying to push just so that people do know that it's more. Was that something you as a young lady, uh, obviously you, you, you're, you're a young lady of character, and, and, and did, were you glad to see that the swimsuit and all that was removed? Was that something that maybe would have, would have at least tamp- tapered your enthusiasm a little bit? It wasn't something that was going to taper my enthusiasm for competing because I was going to compete regardless of what competition looked like. But I was really glad to see that we were taking that step in the right direction, getting rid of swimsuit, because it's 2023. At the time, I think it was like 2018, and we were still having young women walking around on a stage in two-piece bikinis. So it was just a step in the right direction and honestly something that promoted body positivity. As somebody that has recovered from an eating disorder, I was oh, really? so yes, I was so glad to see that we're looking more at the woman who is competing and what she really offers and not just her body. Now we have introduced a physical fitness portion of competition and that's something that's going to be new this year so i'm oh, really? excited now to what see. does that look like oh but wow that is going to look more like 
I'm not exactly sure what we're going to be doing, but it's going to be something that's focused on your actual physical fitness, what you do to stay physically fit. It's not necessarily going to be something that you're looking at your body, but how you take care of yourself. So I'm really glad to see that the Miss America organization has taken a step towards body positivity and a step really in the right direction. Was removing that, was it controversial though? Was there some people that just really liked it the way it was, Oh, yes. I was one of those people at first. I was like, why are we changing this (laughs) nearly 100-year-old organization? And, I mean, Miss America started as a swimsuit competition. We are rooted in tradition. I did not like it at first because I thought, oh, gosh, what's this going to do to the organization? But And what's next? Exactly. There was so much uncertainty associated with it that it made me nervous. But then I looked at, oh. What is this going to do for our organization and the mission, the the message that we present about our organization's mission? And that was something that I thought this is actually a step in the right direction. So there was a lot of controversy associated with it. But I think as people took a step back from it and looked at what's it going to do for our organization as a whole, I think that's when people started to get on board with it. Well, and they and they like you're talking about Bubba the concerns because trust me, we do a show every day <laughs> where. It, we just seem to – we've lost the ability to balance anything anymore. We, we swing either too far one way or too far the other. But I see the strategy, which I think is good. We're certainly not saying that, you know, there's some perfect look that somebody's supposed to have, and if you can't achieve that, you you know, it leads to things like what you went through with eating mm-hmm. disorders and things like that. But we're also not saying we, we're not applauding being unhealthy either. Right. You may be someone whose body type is – is not the Barbie doll. Right. However, thank you, Rick, for pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, mm-hmm. they're putting the fitness element in there, saying, but we still don't want to promote being unhealthy. Exactly. You know, so so yes. that we there is going to be a physical challenge, so that even if you you know we all have there there's you're not we all are happy with who we are, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we applaud being unhealthy. Exactly. And that was the type of balance that I wanted to see in our organization when we got rid of swimsuit. I thought, well, gosh, that's a pretty important component of being Miss America, Miss Alabama, Miss UAB, being able to take care of yourself and be able to prioritize your health. So that was something that also made me nervous about it, not just the change of, oh, what's this going to do to our organization, but what does this mean for who Miss America is? And it's exactly like you said. It's not that we're promoting unhealthy habits on either end of the spectrum. Right, on either end. Exactly. So I think that's something that we're kind of coming into the middle and finding that balance, just like you were talking about. You you said it's going to be a fitness uh, part of it now, but you don't know what that's going to be. I mean, Mm. they... Are they going to put a, uh, you know, a balance beam out there? <laughs> How many there push-ups and, and, can you do? And tell you I to can start do 15 doing push-ups, or what? I know that. Oh, I, can do 15 <laughs> I can do 15 push-ups. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like. We have competition orientation or workshop this weekend. So I'm excited to see. Well, you know, see. that's when you'll know. I mean, you might have to go do the hurdles. Or I jump, don't know. Do flips on a trampoline. Now, I, I mean, cannot it could do be, a flip. It could be wide open. Exactly. So I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like. But I know that there will be a physical fitness portion of competition, and we'll find that out this weekend. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Emma Terry, Miss UAB, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. 
So Emma Terry is our guest, and uh, she is currently Miss UAB. She has also served as Miss Alabama Teen 2021, uh, and she's involved in the Miss Alabama organization. She's been in it since 2017. And uh, this, while we're recording that, this weekend she'll she'll go to a workshop to find out about the Miss Alabama competition and what all that's going to entail. But uh, so let's let's talk about though what you do know. And that is with these competitions, because this is the road to Miss Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about the bathing suit has, has been taken away, which mm-hmm. I think part of that is back to what we said. Some of the things about women doing anything they have to do, even being unhealthy to fit into bathing suits. But if you go all the way back, I mean, you talked about tradition. These were very modest bathing suits. That kind of got out of hand, too. And so they probably just got to the point where they said, look, let's just, let's just get rid of it because people don't know how to be appropriate. The bathing suits are getting smaller. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting a, it, we're going down a road you probably never intended to go down. Mm-hmm. So, so they just said, let's do away with it altogether. But when it comes to the competition, mm-hmm. what do you do? Not the physical. We talked about that. You don't know that yet. But what about your talent? What, what, what do you do? I do ballet on point for my talent. So I dance on my tippy toes. Okay, that's very difficult. <laughs> yes, it is. My dance teacher is Angela Tower Walker. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Miss Alabama or kept up with Miss America, but she was Miss Alabama and also fourth runner-up to Miss America. Okay. And I've been dancing with her for several years now. And she's she's a tough one in the dance studio, but has made me <laughs> all the better for it. Gosh, I, I can really appreciate you being able to do that. I used to could stand on my tippy toes about 150 pounds ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now it would crush my ankles. But, yeah, uh, yeah. My wife did all that dancing and did ballet, and uh-huh. so st- even right now at fifty-two, she'll come through the kitchen and get up on her toes and still <laughs> and still be able to walk and do little moves and stuff yeah. like that. So, so, but, but, it, but I could tell, and she was showing me it, it's extremely difficult. Yes, physically demanding. It is. I have several blisters on my feet right now from where I've been dancing and practicing my Miss Alabama talent. It's it's demanding, yes, but. There's nothing like being on a stage and dancing for a big audience. It's a way that you can express yourself without using words. And that's what I really love about it. It's always been a way for me to express myself creatively and then just stay in shape, of course, but also just use it as a creative outlet. Do you yeah. do you know what you're going to be dancing to yet, or can you yes. say, or is that a secret? Yeah, can, no, I won't keep it a secret We've got the y'all. exclusive right here. The exclusive announcement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dancing to Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin. All right, so Bubba and I don't know what that is. Right, that's yeah, a yeah, fancy yeah. song. What? Well, I know. Look, that's a fancy song. Yeah, when you first yeah. said rap, we leaned in because yeah. we thought you might be <laughs> dancing to Sugar Hill Gang. Rappers no, not this time. Yeah, not so this time. I do know George Gershwin, but I'm not familiar with this piece, though. I, 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 yeah. I, I thought he was a center for the Nuggets. Rhapsody in Blue? Rhapsody in Blue. It was a Delta Airlines commercial several okay. years ago. Okay. Yeah, you'll need to look it up. Uh, Adler, do you know Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin? You do? Okay. Oh, well, good. He, Somebody knows. Yeah, Somebody yeah. knows. Yeah, well, he, he, he's very, very musically astute, uh, so so he knows. He knows I know. Okay. Uh, oh, you have it. Okay, so I write down. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I do know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I, I I thought you were talking about the Iceman for yeah, a minute. Yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> That's oh, right. that's George Gervin. That's George Gervin. Yeah, that's close. Uh, so, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, well, so okay. that is the piece I'm dancing to. Right. I am 
a classical ballerina. I love classical ballet. Okay, so you don't go out there and say, I'm going to show you some hip-hop version of ballet. No, because I can't do that. If I do hip-hop, I look like a deer on ice. That's (laughs) what I look like when I do hip-hop. I can't do it. Okay. But ballet has always been my favorite style. Yeah. Yeah. So now, did you do dance and all that when you were a little girl? Obviously, if you're going to do ballet, you can't take this on too late, can you? No, but I actually did start studying, like seriously studying ballet kind of late in life. I started studying it when I was 12. That's when I really got serious about it. And most of the girls in my class, they had been doing it since they were three years old. And I had done some recreational classes when I was younger and, you know, throughout elementary school. But then I realized that I wanted to compete in Miss Alabama's Teen. And that's when I said, oh, I'm going to have to have a talent for this. And I knew that I loved to dance, but I didn't know much about ballet. And that's when I decided to start really taking it seriously. And I could not even do the most basic step, which is a plie. When I went to my first class, I could not even do that. So I've really had to work to not only catch up with the other girls in my class, but fun fact, I'm also left-handed. So learning to dance as a lefty is a lot harder than doing it as a righty. I don't know. It's like some. Now, wait a minute. Wait yes. Because you're dancing. You're not using your hands, right? Right. right. But are you saying the way your brain is wired? Yes. Because are you brain... left-footed too? Would you kick left-footed? Not necessarily, but it's just the way that my brain is wired. And mm-hmm. it's almost like the way I'm coordinated. I'm not learning something from a right-handed person. It's just different when you're left-handed. Yeah, you know, my uh, my former pastor, he's retired now, was left-handed. I'd never thought about this. He said, left-handed people, we live in a right-handed world. Thank you. And, Somebody and, else understands He it. even said, like, in school, he said, you know, the desk, yeah. the mm-hmm. ones that came made around the side, they're all yeah. made for right-handed people. Yes. And he said, and that's, that's why, why they all write that's why like left-handed that. People, And I write yeah. like this. So you have to do that, too? Because yes. you couldn't, there were no left-handed desks. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I didn't just, know it affected dance, though, like you said, Bubba. I didn't know no, that. No, it's just, it's like you said, the way that my brain is wired, wired yeah. it's almost like my coordination is just different. So <laughs> I try. I've worked really hard Ladies to get Ladies and gentlemen, she's today. a left-handed ballerina. Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. right. Like in competition, they go, you know, they've got a lefty on the team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, or like in baseball, oh, we got a left-handed pitcher coming up. Yeah. Did you well, see, po- I always we, thought lefties had a huge advantage in baseball. No and doubt. in tennis, they're good for two games. I mean, they, they got a two-game start. Oh, really? Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I've uh, never played baseball. but uh, you did, Do you play anything athletically uh, growing up? or No, I was always focused on dance. I tore a baton for a few years, but I was focused on dance. And like I said, I took those recreational classes, but I was never super athletically inclined. Okay. Well, <laughs> but let's talk about balance. It's not your fault. It was your left hand. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> let's talk about you balancing your life, though. You just told us you're studying accounting and finance mm-hmm. going to be a lawyer going to be a lawyer <laughs> and and this this pageant life these competitions they're very demanding so so how do you balance all this i think that may be your talent if you've ba- if you're balancing all this <laughs> beyond you. ballet but because <laughs> because there 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 has to be balance or mm-hmm. you're not going to be really good at any of this yeah so the balancing act of it all that's one of the best skills that I've gained through this organization 
is learning how to balance the responsibilities of being a local title holder, a state title holder, and also balancing school, home life, taking care of my grandparents, dance, getting everything worked into my schedule. So I've learned how to become pretty self-sufficient and independent. And something that I use regularly is a planner. I love having that visual of my schedule. And as basic as it sounds, it's helpful to me just to see what I've got going on that week, see what I have to work through. I keep sticky notes with reminders all over the place and just try to keep myself as organized as possible, even though sometimes that doesn't always work. But just knowing how to balance and maintain my life is how I've learned how to balance it, if that makes sense. Uh, let me ask you about scheduling. Are you, well, you, you said sticky notes, but are you more <laughs> of a, uh, you know, a calendar on your laptop, on your phone? Or are you more of a Franklin Day planner where you like to write it down and use their <laughs> yeah. forms are to you, do it? How are do you, you, are you old school? You're, you're something you <laughs> physically hold or you do electronic? No, I... I do use both, but I prefer my paper calendar. The Happy too. Planner, you should sponsor me. Y'all need to look up the Happy Planner. The, they, happy, the, planner. the happy, happy Planner is my favorite tool to use. I love it. You know, you said that. I don't know what it is. See, I would have thought her age, she's so accustomed yeah, she, to electronics. Yeah, she mm-hmm. never would even look at paper. Like our age, the biggest problem I have, and Bub and I laugh about this all the time, the electronic stuff's really good, but it's no good if you don't look at it. Right. And I just have, you know, have habitually will come in and look at my paper calendar. I always have one. I always get one old school and have it on the desk. I guess it's just that that's, I'm more likely to look at Are that. Are you left-handed too, Rick? And don't know Maybe me. I am. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing I've gotten to that I just love. Mm-hmm. Erasable board. You like the whiteboard. Yes. The whiteboard. I love that whiteboard. <laughs> I love to write on that whiteboard. I love to write stuff. I smell the markers. I love that whiteboard <laughs> oh, no, because, and markers. I put it right in front of my desk, so I sit down and I look at that whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, it's uh, giant, too. Yeah, as big and, as that curtain over and there. I, and I love huge. to get up there because I'm a visual learner, so I love yes. to get up there and say, let's, you know, and, and draw out the plan. I would highly suggest a whiteboard I'm with, the erase, with erasable I'm, markers. Yes, I'm a visual learner, and especially in dance, somebody has mm-hmm. to show me how to do it and how to work through the steps. But I love having that visual of my schedule and actually having something tangible that I can write down, erase, cross off. And when I have a to-do list, I love to actually check it off. It makes me feel more Doesn't that feel fantastic? It feels so good. I, I, look, let me tell you something. When, when, I, when I go up there to that erasable board and I go, well, that's done, and it's gone, or I go, or draw a line through it, check. I'm telling you. You just feel it's so euphoria. much better. Yeah, yes, you feel it's, so much better It's about an endorphin life. release. Oh, it's, yes. it's, it's a, I don't know how people. Same feeling I get from eating ice cream. It's very similar. Me too. Well, ben and Jerry's. <laughs> uh-huh. Ben and Jerry's peanut butter cup gives me the same feeling. Wait a minute. Is that your favorite? <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. Yes. I love Ben and Jerry's. And that's your favorite this flavor? It's my favorite flavor. Yes. Because it's not too much. Some of the stuff. I, I love y'all, Ben and Jerry. Yeah. But. Sometimes it's just too much all in one. We keep it yeah. simple. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation <laughs> with Emma Terry. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right. So let's talk a little bit about a, a dilemma that a lot of us go through, Bubba. And that is, and we talk about it a lot on the show, people even call in. Hey, we need to boycott so-and-so. And then we have to uncomfortably bring up, well, can you really be consistent when you boycott one thing? Then you go to another company that's got some of the same maybe woke 
principles that you don't like. Well, when it comes to your cell service and your wireless service, you actually have a refuge. And it's called patriotmobile.com slash Rick Bubba. Now, uh, if, if you're thinking that sending your money to companies that support things that you find to be immoral, uh, maybe you find them to be um, not a good direction for, for the country, maybe it's more political, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, you don't have to compromise service. Patriot Mobile is America's only, and let me underline that, only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without any of this propaganda and whatever you want to call it, wokeness or whatever it's being pushed right now. Uh, so uh, switch to Patriot Mobile. You'll also be supporting free speech, uh, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, military veterans, first responder heroes. They are 100% uh, U.S.-based when it comes to customer service. Hello? How many times have we talked about that? You talk to somebody that you can actually carry on a conversation with when you call for some help. PatriotMobile.com slash Rick Bubba. You do have a choice when it comes to cellular service and your wireless network. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Rick Bubba. Emma Terry is our guest, the current Miss UAB. And uh, so she's. Uh, we're learning a lot about Emma. Emma, today. you're a good smiler too. Yeah, yeah. You have to in your business. Well, I guess it, it comes with this this title, doesn't it? Nobody wants a Miss UAB that they can't smile. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm just a happy person. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. I can't tell y'all how happy I am. Can Thank I you. ask you a personal question? Yes. Go ahead. Do you have a boyfriend, and how does all of this affect mm. him? Here no. We go. The answer is no. I, I can't do not believe have that. a man. I can't <laughs> believe that. Well, yeah, how could you? How could I you? I have so much going on. I just mm. can't balance it all. Yeah. You can't have it all. Okay. Well, <laughs> is that what you say, or do you really not have one? No, I really don't have okay. one. Well, you know you're going to get a lot of calls off this podcast. Okay. And trust me, they won't. They won't all be good. Uh, <laughs> oh, trust me, I know it. Yeah, I, bet I you, know I it. I bet you do. Uh, I tell people all the time, we talk to the world every day, and you should be gravely concerned. Uh, but I, I, that, I just yeah. wonder what it what it would be like for a, a young man, you know, to to be out on a date and you know introduce you and say, "Yes, yeah, my girlfriend, I Miss UAB." You may have, <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, I haven't had that experience, but just I have some friends who are dating, they have serious relationships, and they do seem to balance it. So I guess it just comes down to the person and what works for them and yeah. what works for the relationship. Yeah. But the right the right man doesn't come along yet. I guess so. Yeah. You can say that. <laughs> okay. All right. So and you and you seem to have some familiar you're you're familiar with the show. So were you when you were growing up, were you introduced to the show? Oh yes. Okay. Listen to it on the radio. Always knew Rick and Bubba. Usually had your jingle stuck in my head there we so. go okay <laughs> all right so you were raised right then yes exactly we've so, been doing this longer than you've been alive that's right I I think so. yeah. well we have we're in our 30th year right now. oh and i'm only 20 yeah, so. So yeah, yeah. we've been at this a long time when you when you were born we'd already been at it for a decade <laughs> uh but let's talk about your platform because you got to have a platform right and uh and and we were discussing this a little bit before the podcast yep. started um the month of may which is when we're recording this uh, has become ALS Awareness Month. Why, why, why this platform? My grandfather has ALS. So, and his case is a little bit different and unusual because he's had it my entire life. He's had it 20 years, but mm -hmm. the average life expectancy is only two to five years. So I've grown up watching this disease progress and seeing firsthand the effects of it. 
and it's awful. Imagine not being able to sit here and talk. You guys are on talk radio, right. and you that's an essential part of your day is communication. That's one thing ALS takes away. ALS takes away your ability to speak. ALS takes away your ability to walk, do those basic activities of daily life that we all take for granted. You know, getting up in the morning, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, doing all of those activities that you kind of think are maybe mundane or just boxes that you have to check off. But ALS slowly robs somebody of their independence. And I've watched it do that to my grandfather. Now the disease has progressed to the point where he's bedridden. Mm. Mm -hmm. And and if we understand it correctly, like with a lot of diseases, you may physically go down and you mentally go down too. But with ALS, you still have your mental Mm -hmm. capacities, but your physical capacities capacities fall off and it has to be just torturous yes it is it's almost like you're a prisoner of your own body that's the best analogy that i've heard because you know exactly what's going on you know what's happening to your body like my grandfather's Mm. hands are to the point where he can't he can't do this with his hands anymore right and he knows that and people who have ALS know what's happening. They feel the struggles. And it's not something that you're unaware of. You are completely cognizant of what's happening to your body. Yeah. And, Bubba, you've made that point before because, you know, I think about Bubba went through this with his mom. My my dad and my uh, mother-in-law all have Alzheimer's. Uh, Bubba's mother has gone on into glory now. But <sighs> but they they – there, I remember my dad even telling me, which is the difference, mm-hmm. is when I get to that point, you know, look after your mother because honestly, I'm not going to know the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. But in this case, to both of your points, with ALS, they're completely aware of what's going on, mm-hmm. and 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 so I that that kind of adds a different level of frustration oh, uh, yes. for them. Yes. Uh, not just those who love them. You know, when, when it comes to Alzheimer's, it's those who love you mm-hmm. that, that are getting wore out and struggle. And in this, in ALS, you kind of have both yes. those that are taking care of you, but yes. that, the person yeah. knows too at the same time. Now, one of the things we keep hearing, see if I have this right, because mm-hmm. I know this is your platform and mm-hmm. your grandfather, so you're well versed on this. We still know so little mm-hmm. about ALS. Even the diagnosis is we've ruled out everything else, so it must be this. Yes. We still cannot diagnose it. No. It just is almost like well, that's the fallback position once we've tested you for everything else. Is that correct? Yes. My yeah. my grandfather, for example, he started experiencing symptoms a little bit before I was born. And at first they thought it was drop foot. They did surgery and he kept getting worse. So the diagnostic process can be really long and drawn out because there's not a test that you can just take that comes back as positive or negative for ALS because ALS does not have a biomarker. We don't know what causes this disease. Mm. Now, there are different tests that are specific for neuromuscular diseases like ALS, something called electromyography. So they basically stick little needles in your muscles and measure the electrical activity in your muscles. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's ALS. So it's a long, drawn-out diagnostic process. And with some cases of ALS, someone might die within a year. Someone might die within six months. So they don't have time to waste in that case. Yeah. How do, I know I'm asking questions we don't no, know yet, which ahead. is why you're doing the research. Go ahead. So we don't – have we drawn any con- – Causes. Causes. Yeah. Is the first one? Did we? Mm-hmm. Did they have any idea? Because 
One of the things we talked about before the podcast started, I know we're still saying ALS is very rare, Mm -hmm. but I keep hearing uh, people who have someone they know who has ALS, Mm -hmm. and I remember never hearing that. Right. Uh, It seems like it's more prevalent. I don't want to say it feels like it's getting more prevalent. You're hearing about it more and more. Yeah, yeah, but but do they have any idea what may or may not be causing it? Veterans are twice as likely to get ALS, and we're also noticing a correlation between head injuries and athletes who have ALS. Steve Gleason, a former football player, has ALS. We all know Lou Gehrig, the baseball player. Kind of where it started for his notoriety. He brought national and international attention to ALS, and that's why it's still most closely associated with his name. So for any listeners of the podcast, you may not know ALS or a myotrophic lateral sclerosis, but you might know Lou Gehrig's disease. Right, right. So we're seeing correlations, but that doesn't necessarily mean causation all the time, but we are seeing those trends and effects. Well, it is back to us hearing about it more. Is it just because of communication right. awareness? Yeah. Are there actual more cases now? Mm-hmm. What what kind of the trend on this? About thirty thousand Americans have ALS at any given time, and I'm not sure if it's an increase in numbers because it's been. That number, 30,000 Americans, I started this community service initiative back in 2017, and that number has stayed constant. So I'm hoping that instead of an increase in cases, it's an increase in awareness, which is something that I work to do. All right, we'll come back. We'll finish up uh, on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast with Miss UAB, Emma Terry, when the Rick and Bubba podcast continues right after this. All right, so Bubba, I, I don't know if it's happening at your house, but uh, my wife Sherry, well, we're planting stuff. We got we got to get uh, flowers in the ground. We got to get trees. We got to do this. We got to do that. A lot of it's dead after this winter, isn't it? Arctic blast. <laughs> now we're we're having things from the Arctic blast that you just go out and go. Okay, so this one didn't make it. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it we're not get... set up for seven degrees for several days, Rick. But one of the problems that a lot of us run into is that um, you know we want to have great trees, we want to have great plants, but we don't really have the expertise. That's why I want to point you to fastgrowingtrees.com. I, I love this this company uh, because uh, you can breathe some life into the backyard with fastgrowingtrees.com this spring. If you need you know some shade, maybe you like to have a fresh fruit orchard or just a fruit tree, maybe you need more privacy, just natural beauty, let fastgrowingtrees.com help plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. Uh, look, when they're experts, they have thousands of easy-to-grow plants, shrub, tree varieties for your unique, unique climate. We just talked about this. You know, when you're talking to them, they, they're going to want to know well, where, are you, where are you contacting us from because they may have trees that they send to one part of the country that won't work in your part. So uh, they they can help you with everything from, you know, you need a lemon tree all the way to evergreens and everything in between. Uh, so fastgrowingtrees.com will customize their recommendations to your specific needs and their plant experts are always available uh, to help keep your plants growing healthy throughout the season and beyond no more waiting in long lines hauling heavy plants around with fastgrowingtrees.com you you order it online and your plants arrive at the door there's no now i got to take my car and wash it because i went over to the nursery and i got dirt in the back of my car i got water those turned over none of that so right now all you have to do is is go to 
of our website that we put together to help to get 15% off, here's what you do. You go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba. Now, get 15% off the entire order. 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Bubba. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Emma Terry is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Currently, Miss UAB, she has served as Miss Alabama teen, and she's getting ready uh, coming up uh, to compete uh, in Miss Alabama and hopefully continue on uh, to maybe uh, compete in uh, Miss America. So, uh, but uh, we're talking about ALS Awareness Month with Emma because this is her platform. Uh, your grandfather has now had it for twenty years. Did you say? Yes. And then we have people, unfortunately, that that don't even make it a year. Mm-hmm. Then we have the two to six year, mm-hmm. which is that is that more common or or no? We don't know. Yes, the most common lifespan with ALS is going to be that two to five year marker, mm-hmm. but we do see. It's almost like different tiers or levels or types of cases of ALS. I have a friend whose grandfather had ALS, and story is very similar to mine. Her grandfather had it her entire life. She's a little bit older than me, and unfortunately, her grandfather passed recently, but he had it for about 20 years. And it was very, it was encouraging to me to hear someone else going through something similar, but it also made me just incredibly sad to know that someone else is also experiencing the same thing that I am. What, what did you see? Like, because I, we're getting into length of life, but I want to talk about quality of life. Mm-hmm. So when someone like your friends, grandfather and your grandfather who have gone this long, mm-hmm. how, how long did you see where the quality of life was still there? My grandfather had a really big setback about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. He had a UTI that got infected and then turned into sepsis. Mm. Of course, we didn't know that he had a UTI because sometimes they don't have any symptoms. And one day we looked over at him and something was just wrong. We took his blood pressure. It was dropping rapidly. We had to rush him to the ER and he had to be airlifted to Princeton here in Birmingham Mm. to you know, basically have someone save his life. He was on a hundred percent ventilator for two or three days. And it's really a miracle that we even brought him home. But prior to that, he was still able to feed himself. He was still able to eat and drink by mouth. He was still able to take a few steps and walk. He was not independent at all, but he could still do a few things on his own. And when he came home, he was completely bedridden. And I think had he not had that setback, he would have a much higher quality of life in the sense that he would still be able to have more of a normal routine. He is able to, you know, lay in his bed in the living room at my grandparents' house and watch TV. And we do everything we can to make him comfortable and really bring joy to his life because it's terrible what he's going through. But we try to make it as happy of his environment as we can. You know, that is strange how a UTI affects oh, that because yeah. it also affects Alzheimer's, dementia mm-hmm. too. And mm-hmm. you really wouldn't think those two things would be tied together, but it's amazing mm-hmm. how they interact. Yeah. So let's talk about symptoms. Mm-hmm. Is there any, is there advantages? And again, I know ALS, we're just not as far along, which is why mm-hmm. we need people like you with these kind of platforms to get 
raise money and, and continue the research. Is there any advantage to being diagnosed early with it? Yes. Okay. And that advantage, And what would you be looking for that, for somebody that might want to yeah. say, I, I may have symptoms or the, somebody they love? The advantage is just time because that is this disease's number one enemy. You don't know how it's going to work because my grandfather, they gave him that prognosis of about five years and he's lasted 20. So it just depends. And if you catch it early, you can start treatments. There are a handful of FDA approved treatments that treat ALS. So you can start on those treatments. Maybe you can be proactive. You can record your voice because I've never heard my grandfather's voice. Mm. The disease really attacked his voice pretty early on. So I've never heard him speak. And you can do those things and try to help your loved ones down the road and really attack it early on. So that's the advantage to getting a early diagnosis. And symptoms vary for each person. It may start in someone's hands. It may start in someone's legs and feet like it did for my grandfather. He thought he had drop foot. That's what the doctors thought it was. Some people may not be able to speak normally. So it depends on each case because it is so different for every person. I know you said with diagnosis there's issues, but what about treatment? Are mm-hmm. we are we making advancements on that side of it? Thankfully, the amount of FDA-approved treatments for ALS has doubled in the past year. That means it's gone from two to four, which <laughs> okay. is something. Well, we'll right? take which it. Is something. We'll, take it. we'll take it. So Rilatec, Radicava, um, let me think. Rilatec and Radicava were FDA approved 22 years apart. So now we are starting to take advancements in treatments. And we have two FDA approved treatments in the past year. The most recent one was Tofersen and Relivrio. Those are the two most recent FDA approved treatments. But we still need to have more. We need to have more and have, need to get steps to a cure. That's the entire right. idea with my community service initiative. It's called stomping out ALS one step at a time. So it's the idea that people can take steps to help us stomp out or defeat or help find cures for this disease. You know, with the COVID, uh, when it mm. hit and, and all the money that went into research with that, we are seeing benefits come out of that in other mm-hmm. areas, whether right. you're pro or anti the vaccine or whatever, mm-hmm. the mRNA technology is already spinning off into other parts of medicine. And I don't mean the bad parts of it. Right. But there, there's there's such leaps forward in that. I think when we finally get on top of that horse yeah. mm-hmm. and get control of it, it's going to be uh, some amazing things that we have breakthroughs with ALS and Parkinson's so. and nerve yes. damage with paralysis and all that stuff too. But they, they just haven't quite got there yet. But I think they see this as a way to get there. I too, and that's the most recent FDA-approved drug, Tofersen, works with RNA and those toxic proteins. So I think you're exactly right, and we are making advancements and taking steps to get closer to those cures and new treatments. And stomp it out and one step stomp at a time. Stomp one it out. step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. And, and, and it sounds like almost like trying to reel in the autism spectrum, meaning what works for some you know, they're just like you said. There's so many different versions of ALS. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 gonna have to dial that in as well. You know, it's because some things may work for some people and maybe not for others. And yeah. and the things that you that you're talking about. But right. you, you know, uh, yeah, I think it, you know, with it being ALS Awareness Month, this would be oh, if we could just find something 
yeah. you know, that could that, that could uh, attack this. And, of course, the ultimate goal is to find a cure for it. Exactly. And just those steps are so important because everyone can take steps to stomp out ALS. You can educate yourself. You can increase awareness. You can get involved in the community. You can make a donation. Every dollar, everything that you do matters and has a bigger impact than you could ever imagine because it's like we were talking about earlier you seem to be hearing more and more about ALS which is fantastic and I hope that it's not that the amount of cases are increasing because I haven't seen those statistics change but I'm hoping that more people are becoming aware of this disease and what it does. Well, Emma, you've been uh, very informative. Uh, you, you you know your stuff, and it uh, works perfect with ALS Awareness Month. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck in Miss Alabama. Thank you. I mean, if you were, you know, to be crowned, a little shout-out for Rick and Bubba wouldn't hurt. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. Just kind of, not, no obligation. We're going to be no watching to see how you do. No pressure Thank you. I appreciate it. It's my first time, so I'm just excited and happy to be there. And congratulations on what uh, you've already accomplished and, you. and how you're using your platform. So if you want to find out more, go to Stamp Out. ALS one step at a time.com, right? That's yes. the website right there. That's my website. So put all that together. Thank you, Emma Terry, and thanks to each and every one of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bobby University, the podcast. <laughs>